This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, takes to his right, gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Dates the coming out. He comes back up the right sideline. What's going on, Faithfuls? It's finally game day. All right, guys, I got the whole good luck fit on. All right, got the custom jersey. All right, I got, don't come over here pulling wires. Someone's like, yo, boom. I got on the sneaks. I got on the red pants. It is time. I got family over, right, nephew? We're going to have some fun over here today, guys. The Niners are about to take on the freaking Dallas bum Cowboys. All right. It's going to be time. Tony's going to be joining me in a second, guys. He's over there getting a couple of things together. But before we do, I'm going to run through these formalities so you guys know exactly who we are and where you can find us, all right? This is your first time here on the YouTube page and you enjoy the show. Give us a thumbs up. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe and turn on your notifications so you know exactly when we're going live. I don't have something in my beard that is a gray, all right? Also, give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Those handles are nothing but nine. E-R-S. That is the number nine. Nothing but nine. E-R-S. We also have Facebook and Twitch. Those handles are nothing but Niners. That is spelled all the way out. And guys, for all the action today, man, going down, head on over to Patreon, man. That is where you guys are going to want to be live, okay? I almost got arrested on the last live Patreon show. Make sure you guys get back over there, though. I'm going to keep on dipping and dodging. They're going to have to work harder to catch me, guys. Patreon.com slash NB9ERS. And last but not least is our email. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you want to leave show suggestions, anything like that, shoot us an email, NB9ERS at nothing but Niners. Dot com. All right. I'm your host. You guys can find me on Twitter, Mike Andrews 83. My man Tony is going to be jumping here in a second. He is NJ Niner fan 499. And guys, listen, man, the playoffs just had a big, big shuffle. It looks like the Bills are going to go down. Now, the Bills and Niners were my Super Bowl prediction when the year started. I had the Niners getting 13 wins. Check that off the box. Right. I had the Bills coming in first or second in the AFC. Check that off the box. But I didn't see Buffalo doing this to them. I, I, I didn't see Cincinnati beating Buffalo the way that they are. Seven minutes left in the game, and Buffalo already has no timeouts. That just tells you about the panic that is ensuing right before our very eyes, guys. This is this is a coach waving the flag. Game is over. Game is over. Timeouts tell you a lot. Who messed up my hats? I'm looking at my background. I'm not seeing what I like. 
Hold on a second, y'all. Let me let me get these all straightened now. Get my little Santa hat straightened up over here. Okay, we got a couple more. Uh, let me turn these bad boys around. Too many blacks next to each other. That sounded bad. Hold on a second. All right. Didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. But it's all good. It's too late now. Ain't nothing I can do about it. Okay. All right. We got the hat straightened up a little bit there. All right. We a little bit better there. There we go. There we go. So, guys, I'm thinking Niners versus Bengals in the Super Bowl. I really am thinking Niners versus Bengals in this upcoming Super Bowl. Maybe I'm crazy. Tony, man, you got to tell me. What do you think, man? Niners versus Bengals in the Super Bowl? It's a possibility. Sorry, I wasn't here at the beginning because I my phone has not stopped ringing. Hey, bro. Um, so I had, to, I had to take these calls. It's very important, but it is a possibility. I mean, the Bengals are such a weird team. They're a team that doesn't blow you away, but they're just solid at every aspect of the game. And mm -hmm. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, nothing special. Nothing like I, – I can't say nothing special. They probably have one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. They're, they have three number one wide receivers. I think I think that's fair to say. I think that those guys on different teams would be number one receivers. Uh, but it's not like the pass game is like their end-all, be-all. So it's kind of interesting um, how things are playing out, man. Uh, Tony, man, let's jump into this, this 49ers and – uh, Cowboys game. The final game of the divisional round is about to kick off in about 45 minutes. Okay. I am not getting any juice. There we go. All right. Laptop is now officially plugged in. All right. Um, the final game of divisional rounds of playoff is about to kick off in about 45 minutes. And I need to know if you're nervous, Tony, you got to talk to me, man. How you, how you feeling over there? Um, to be honest, my mind's not here. Um, Okay, my feeling. Uh, I honestly feel if they control, I think they're going to win the game. But of course, we've been scarred uh, previously. But this team's different. This team's like on a mission. Every time they step on the field, it's business, and they just get off the field. They do what they do. But I'm going to say this: I think the defense needs to show up for all four quarters. They cannot have any downtimes. And I think if we dominate the line of scrimmage and our defense shows up. Um, I, I don't think – I can't foresee it being an issue this game. Um, and it's not disrespect to the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a great team. But I'm getting a lot of the notion of just because they beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, it means like this team is for real. But yeah, the problem team. Back, let's take it back a couple weeks where the Niners beat the, the, the same team, the Buccaneers, gave up less points. So – I'm tired of the notion of just because what they did, they won that playoff game. Like they think like it's for real now. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good to go, man. You were good to go. So um, we're going to go through these inactives really quick. Let me, uh, let's start with the Niners one. All right. Because that's a little bit, in my opinion, it's more important than the Cowboys one. Uh, we want to know who we're working with and who we're not working with. So I'm going to pop that graphic up here on the screen now. Um, and Tony, Will you tell me what stands out to you about this inactive list for our San Francisco 49ers today? The names are as follows. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ambry Thomas, Drake Jackson, Ty Davis-Price, Tyler Croft, Nick Zakel, and Alex Barrett. Or Barrett. Okay. Uh, real quick, we know the status of Jimmy Garoppolo. The second one, Ambry Thomas, we know he's banged up. And just by the Niners showing that they activated uh, Janoris Jenkins to the 53 explains that one. Drake Jackson, still confused about. Ty Davis-Price, I understand. 
Uh, Croft is a little bit of a shocker because he's been getting the majority of reps over Dwelly previous games, but I don't know maybe if he has a slight injury or what the situation is with that. Nick Zakel, it's not a shocker. Alex Barnett, they wasted a spot to bring him up, and they didn't activate him. I would have loved to have seen Ture, especially – don't write on that line. I would have loved to have seen Ture, especially with the inactive of Jackson, or I would have liked to have seen the kid Dwarmorf, the defensive tackle they just picked up, who played lights out when he had reps on the active roster and solidified the interior of that defense. Because don't think for one minute Dallas is not going to test that. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I don't understand a couple I'm of not, things, but – huh? No, I'm sorry, Anthony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand uh, bumping Alex Alex Barrett up and then uh, Barrett – I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Barrett. Alex uh, Barrett up and then not activating him. I, they, they do this often. Uh, maybe it was a game-time decision on someone else, maybe. I don't know if that's a possibility. Um, I was actually – puzzled by Tyler Croft being inactive. I know this is someone that the Niners have been wanting to take advantage of, but this is also a good sign for Ross Dwelly. They want to go with some people with a little bit more time in the system. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more intricate plays coming out of Kyle and his play calling on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, nothing else really surprised me. Ty Davis-Price being inactive. Uh, they're, going to go with, they're going to go with their other running backs, um, and there's really no need uh, for TDP to be out there um, when you have Christian McCaffrey Mitchell, Debo are, are all going to be ahead of him as far as ball carriers. Um, and then they even have Jordan Mason, who gives you something on special teams. So there's just no need for TDP to be active. Uh, Drake Jackson being um, inactive is a little bit disappointing to me because I've been talking for a while about the Niners needing some help with the pass rush. Now, Tony, a lot of people gave me a lot of sugar honey iced tea for that. I want to get your thoughts on it. I said that the Niners need to be a little bit more consistent with their pass rush when they are when uh other than nick bosa uh am i wrong with that no you're right and like we constantly said like you know we're missing another piece at the edge like jordan willis is doing a great job you know hiders inside outside i still think it comes down to him not being able to play inside versatility piece he's more of an outside guy who's still learning his craft um you know a little raw coming out of usc because he was a tweener they kept bouncing him back and forth but, I mean, with that being said, this type of game, you want fresh edge rushers. So if you're not going to bring up Ture, I'm not a fan of Barrett because they listed him as a defensive tackle, and the guy's 255, 260-pound soaker wet at 6'2". So I don't see where the transition is. Uh, the similarity is with the defensive tackle label. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I wish Jackson was up, even just to spell Bosa – or even to spell Willis on two, three snaps in a series. You just want the edge rushes fresh, right? And the uncertainty over Ebukam, is he still banged up? Is he okay? Is he 100%? Is he 50? Is he 75%? It's just something I just didn't understand because now that's going on, what, four or five straight games that he's down? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, is, is he in a doghouse? Is he just not? Did he regress somewhere? It, you, it makes you question what exactly is going on with the young man, right? Like, it's, it's just weird. I don't know. It's weird. All right. Uh, let's go over the Cowboys and actives really quick, Tony. You can tell me if anybody stands out to you on this list. Um, did I get the – oh, yeah, I got to hear this. Oh, it didn't let me do it. Hold on a second. I got to delete some old things here. Yeah, no. What is wrong with you? Oh, shit. Tony, you're not on mute. 
Don't, it's don't right. kill him on camera. Anthony. Don't, don't kill him on camera, bro. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, the inactives for the Dallas Cowboys. This is this is this is a list, man. Uh Jason Peters, Will Greer, Jabril Cox, Jalen Tolbert, Peyton Hendershot, Quentin Bohana, and Deshaun Wright. It says at the bottom here, uh Jiron Curse is active. Uh Jaron Curse is active as he promised. Uh so Tony, I need to know, man. This is this is a hell of a list right here. Is there anything, anybody that's on this list? Maybe their absence is something or someone that the 49ers can take advantage of when looking at this list here. I mean, the only person I really, I, I, again, the only person I really see is is, is Peters. Um, they were using him as one of the interior guard spots, I believe, or, or the right or left tackle spot. I don't know. But they're going to go with a rookie, from what I read, at left tackle, which is probably going to be facing Bosa. And they, from what I heard, they flipped Smith to right tackle, if I understood what I read correctly. And that's a matchup with Omenihue. And Omenihue gave him a fit last time. So I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know where they're going with this. But, I mean, if that's what they want to roll with, you have to respect their wishes and go with it. So we're going to see how it works out. All right, man. So I want to play a fun game here. We're going to we're going to try to change up the way we're doing our normal pregame shows, man. Tony, we got a couple of images we're going to go over and talk about. Then we're just going to do a quick comparison. We're going to compare all the positions, quarterback versus quarterback, which team wins. We're just going to run down. We'll explain why. But I think I think this weekend I have like an epiphany that you've probably been saying for a really, really long time. I know Tara Dome said it for a while, um, but I was thinking about. Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy, right? And if you ask me, I would take Dak Prescott. Okay. But it's not just Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy. It's Brock Purdy in this system with this coach. That's a big, big difference, right? Like, isn't that – like, you can't just say which guys – like, so I've been hearing everyone say, oh, all the draft guys are going back and looking at their film and looking at their grades on Brock Purdy and how do they miss, how do they miss, how do they miss. But I don't think it's just Brock Purdy that you evaluate. When they're watching film now and they're watching his his success, it can't just be look at what Brock Purdy's doing because he wouldn't do this everywhere. He wouldn't do this anywhere. No. Or would he? Do you think he would? Because I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I we can't answer that because what we're seeing is what we're seeing with this team. So, and this play caller and this system. So, it's kind of hard to answer that question right now. But I mean, as far as if you're going to compare the two, and who would you rather have? Obviously, you can't. If I'm going to compare him, I'm going to compare him over. Well, how many? This is what seven in a row for Brock. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to compare over the last seven games. That's just me. Because it's fair. Seven set your last seven versus your last seven. And you know, people are gonna say, Well, that's not fair. Well, why is it not fair? If you're gonna match a quarterback, you're gonna match a quarterback for his seven starts, and, and then you're gonna match the opposing quarterback for their last seven starts. I don't care what he did in the past. I'm talking about your last seven starts. Um you know what I'm saying? He could have been an MVP two years ago. I don't know if he was, but whatever. Um and set the league on fire, but that's irrelevant because that was then, and we're talking about now. So I honestly, and I'm not saying it's because I'm a Niner fan, 
I'm going to say I will go with Purdy because Purdy's turned the ball off, turned the ball over less. I understand as far as a skill set standpoint. Wow, they just turned the ball over again. Yeah, uh, they, they, I told you they were desperate. Clearly, the 49ers are ahead as far as like you know names on the roster and production on the field over Dallas. I mean, come on, I, I, I don't. I, it's not a knock against Dallas, but Schultz is a great tight end. He's not better than Kittle as an all-around tight end. Um, you know, Bryant is a phenomenal receiver. Not Bryant. Um, what did I think of Bryant? What's his name? Uh, you're talking about C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, phenomenal receiver. Um, but if you're comparing whole units, I think the 49ers have the better wide receivers. If you're comparing running backs, I think the 49ers have a slight edge in the running back department from, you know, all five or whatever you want to compare it. But I just feel like it, it's not a knock against Dallas, but talent-wise, I think the roster is better in San Francisco than it is in Dallas. Now the defensive line, they're coming from you from every angle. But we're just going to stick to the quarterbacks. If I would pick, I would go Brody, uh, Brock Purdy over the last seven starts, and that's how I'm comparing them over their last seven starts. Oh, it's funny you say that. I happen to have their last seven starts, some stats from their last seven starts here. Oh, shit, wrong guys. There we go. All right. So, since week seven, right? Is that where we are? Is that how long it's been? No. That's no. That's not right. That is not right. That was with Jimmy. That's right. That was definitely with Jimmy. I can't do the last seven. I don't have it here. Damn. Well, let's let's do this anyway. This is since week seven. This is when the Niners had McCaffrey, uh, his first game there. And this is when Dak Prescott came back. So you can see the records here. The Cowboys in that in that stretch went nine and three. The Niners went eleven and one. Uh points per game. Cowboys 32.3. The Niners 30.8. The point differential, though, is, is something that you should really pay attention to. Plus 10.8 for the Cowboys, plus 13.2 for the 49ers. Tony, what is this graphic like? What's st What stands out about this graphic to you? What did you say? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I, just said, I said, what stands out about this graphic to you? That Dallas has the better points per game. But the Niners also played what lowered their – well, hold on. we got to take into consideration that there was, what, three games where they sat down? where they could have put points up, right? Uh -huh. Yep. So you have to take that into consideration. It's not an excuse. And I'm not saying Dallas is not a good offensive team and they're not a good team in general. But what I'm saying is you're coming at me with a four-year starter. Uh, um, No, five. what is he? Five-year starter, right? Dak? Oh, Dak. Yeah, five, six. He's a five- or six-year starter. He has experience in the league. He was a former fourth-round pick. Thrown in the rain similar to the way Purdy is. And look at the opposing opponents. Look at the opponents in that stretch. The Niners played Seattle. They didn't punch it in. There was two other games they didn't punch it in. So right there, that's 21 points where they could have easily add it on to that total. Now, does that swing the difference in the points per game stat? I don't know. But clearly, like you know, there, there's a lot of context to this. But, right. you know, it is what it is. Dallas is a good team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it would be very interesting to see what they look like with the Niners with Brock Purdy. They've only had one game with 21 points. Everything else has been in the 30. So um, I think it would also drastically skew those numbers. You know, the Niners are averaging almost 36 points a game now or something like that. So it's it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts, man. Um, 
let's talk about let's talk about this. Uh, I know we're gonna do player for player, uh, or position by position comparisons. Uh, but this was a, a cool little graphic I saw here by uh, Fox. Um, it says here Michael Parsons versus Nick Bosa. All right, sacks both against the edge there at 18 and a half. The Parsons 14 and a half. Quarterback pressures. Uh, Parsons gets the edge with 80 versus Nick Bosa 74. Um, I want to ask you, did Parsons play all 17 games in the regular season? I don't know. Shouldn't be asking you that. I got the I don't want to try it. I mean, I don't follow Dallas. Hold on. I'll, I'll tell you. I'm only wondering because of if he if he played all the games. I know Nick Bosa didn't play one. It's not that it's going to make the biggest difference in the world, but uh, yeah, he did play all 17 games this year. He didn't miss a game. Okay. Um, I was just looking at that number. All right. And then uh, the takeaways, Parsons has three. Bosa only has one. And then tackles for loss, Parsons has 16, while Nick Bosa has 20. Uh, anything about this graphic? I mean, this is this is good. This is what we're here for. This is the matchup. These are the guys that we want to see. We want to see the stars shine on the biggest stage, right? Like that's that's why we're here. Uh, anything about this graphic stand out to you, or is this just yeah, yeah? Let's go ahead and get to it. No, I, I mean, listen, they're they're both phenomenal players, right? My thing is, if you're talking about a true edge rusher, a true edge defender, a defensive end. The nod has to – the edge has to clearly go to Nick Bosa because of what he does and how he plays the game. Yes, he has more pressures. Yes, he has more takeaways. But if you look at the, the one stat that tells you it all, right, the tackle for a loss, it is 16, but Bosa has 20. So that tells me he's the better – yeah, he's the better run defender. He's the better one who plays the run out of the two of them. And don't forget, though, a slight tip to Parsons is they use him as a linebacker as well. So maybe his stats are not 100% true. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. But when you have your alleged runner-up of the year or, or, you know, his opponent for defensive player of the year come out and say, man, last time I played this team, I was hurting for two weeks. I, I just don't. You know, it's it's coming again. Don't think it's not coming again. All right. Let's uh oh 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 I saw this. We we gotta do this before we get to the thing. Um damn it, what why do I keep clicking the wrong one? Here we go. This Bill Benevich thing, Tony. This was something that had a lot of people worried, right? Including me. And, yes, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to put a couple of things to bed here. All right. So if you guys can see, just blow it up and uh, we'll take a look at it here. Um, you guys can take a look and you can see exactly. Here, we'll do this one. Exactly what caused people to panic here. Underdogs are 11 and 5. It says ATS, though. That's against the spread, guys. It's against the spread. That's what ATS stands for. This was specifically about gambling and betting. Um, you know, this is what... This is what uh, set a lot of people off. You know, we heard the old story about the uh, Vegas doesn't want San Francisco to win. But I think they mean cover. There's a big difference. They don't care about the outcome. They want us to be as close as possible, they, and whoever wins, wins. Underdogs are 11-5 against the spread in Vinovich games this season, making him the most profitable ref for underdogs this year. Since 2018, dogs are 50-32-1 and one against the spread in 61% of his games. That's, that's kind of telling you something. Uh, his games are usually close. 
yeah, in the last I, decade. Road teams are 83, 64, and three against the spread in his games. Uh, Vinovich hasn't been a good sign for the 49ers. They've lost three in a row. Uh, SU and four of their last five. I don't know, SU, including the 2020 Super Bowl versus Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know what that has to do with the 49ers because the 49ers didn't play Tampa Bay in Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know what that meant. Um, in the last decade, Vinovich games are 89, 62, and one to the under. That's total point scored in the game. They'll tell you plus or minus 43 and a half, right? Under usually wins, so it's usually lower scores. Easy. Uh, Vinovich has called the fewest penalties this season, which is a good sign. And Vinovich has only thrown 175 flags, also fewest of any official. I think that's a great sign. I think when it's all come, when it's all said and done, I think we all kind of saw this. We kind of panicked at first uh, because we saw underdogs and underdogs winning, and we kind of thought something that it wasn't. Uh, or maybe that's not what you thought, and you had to write the panic. What did that? Did that make you feel any better? No, I don't like him. I don't like Vinovich. Every time he he call he calls a game for the Niners, it's always issues. It's always right. issues. It's inconsistent play. It's inconsistent officiating. He he did it in the Super Bowl. He I don't remember what game it was, but he did it in another game that had significant, you know, had meaning to it. And mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of Bill Benovich. I'm sorry. And then the statement that was released by Las Vegas: We don't want the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. That tells me Vegas took a lot of money on the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with cover. They mm-hmm. don't want that team in the Super Bowl. And guess what? Ten minutes later, it was announced that Vinovich had this game. Major red flag to me. I'm sorry. That's I think that's just the way I see it. For Vegas to announce something, then the league announces something, and then voila. All of a sudden, now they try to back it down and show those stats. Not a fan. Not a fan of him. Not a fan of his crew. All right. Hey, look, I tried, I tried, I tried to make you feel better. I understand it. It's all valid. Everything you're saying, you know, you got you got your reasons. I was just trying to help people, you know, just breathe a little bit easier going into this game. We got enough to be nervous about. The stands are packed, man. The faithful are on their feet right now, man. The guys are just out there warming up. This is the time when people are supposed to be at the concession stands. And why are you are you looking at this live? Are you, are you seeing this? I see Bosa. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like that, I I don't know what channel you're watching. I got Kittle over here embracing his family and everything. And wow, oh my god! Oh, I'm getting excited, Tony. I'm getting excited. All right, let's do this real quick, man. Let's run through uh, just position by position, and you tell me which team has the better position group. Okay, let's start with quarterback. Just position group, not not team, not play caller, anything like that. Uh, let's do quarterbacks. Hmm. Quarterbacks. Well, obviously, I mean, listen, I know what I said about having the comparing seven for seven. Clearly, Dak Prescott has more, a lot more experience than, than than Purdy. But, you know, the Niners are my team. I'm rolling with Brock. I was huge on him once he came out in the draft. I, I'm, I'm rolling with Brock, even though technically, statistically, experience wise, proven games wise and wins and all that sitting statistics. Dak is the better quarterback. But for what the 49ers need, they don't need a Dak Prescott. They don't need a Pat Mahomes. They don't need an Aaron Rodgers. They need Brock Purdy, and that's what they got. All right. I like it, man. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dak Prescott. Um, I, I would take him over Dak. Um, I just think I mean I'm I would take him over Brock Purdy. I just think he's a Ooh. better quarterback in general. Uh, but 
you know, different strokes for different folks. It's all right. Um, the other thing, let's go with uh, the running back. Now, the running backs, because this is all by committee. They have Ezekiel Elliott. They have Pollard. Uh, the Niners are going to, you have to count Christian McCaffrey. You have to count uh, Elijah Mitchell. Are you counting Debo Samuel when you talk about running backs? Because I'm not. Um, no, I do not count Debo as a running back, and I still think the Niners have the better core of running backs. Uh, I think anytime you could align McCaffrey, uh, you have Mitchell. And listen, I know Mitchell's track record is not good. I know he's been banged up, and I know he misses a lot of time, and he does have an injury history. But when the guy's on the field, which he was last year in the wild card round, Mitchell gave him fits. Right. Mitchell's number two guy now. McCaffrey's the number one guy. I think, in my opinion, pick that up too, Ant. Um, in my opinion, I think the Niners have probably one of the deepest backfields. And then no one's even bringing his name up because of who we have up top. Jordan Mason, the closer. Yeah. I take our top three versus their top three. And that's just my opinion. And, again, it's not a homer thing because I'm a 49er fan. I'm looking at production. I, I think the Niners have the better group of running backs. Listen, my name is Michael. Y'all know I ride for guys from, from Jersey, guys named Mike. But it's the three M's for me, man. It's, it's, it's Mitchell, it's McCaffrey, and it's Mason. It's not – It's not. Th that, that's it. We have the better running back room. I don't care. You can try, They can try to spin it however they want. They can talk about explosion. Oh, I saw the stupid uh, tweets by that kid, that guy. I, I, I don't even – you know, I'm not worried about that. All right. Um, let's go wide receivers. Wide receivers, and I don't think this one's close either. God, what you're hesitating? This is not close. It's the Niners wide receivers, bro. I do. Listen, I think, I think CD Lamb's a hell of a wide receiver. I really do. Really good. I think Gallup could be a good wide receiver in the right system. I mean, they traded away Amari Cooper and thought Gallup was going to be the, as productive, but for a cheaper price, and it didn't work out. I love Gallup coming out of Colorado State, but it is the Niners. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, do, does Fox come with YouTube TV? Yes. It does? That's what I'm watching it on now. I don't even know how to use YouTube TV. I don't know how to, like, click it. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. You just upload the app? Well, you need a you need a, either a Roku stick or a Fire stick. Where on my laptop? No, no, the TV I'm talking about. Mm, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. I got you. All right. Um, so you went with the Niners, though, right? For the wide receivers? Yeah. And this is nothing away from CD Lamb, but unit for unit, it's got to be the Niners, in my opinion. Okay. Now, offensive line. This is what I, this is one that I, it's hard for me to take my bias out of. Listen. I think as old as Peters is, I think Peters is a better player than what – I think Peters is a bigger loss than what people are making it. I will tell you this. As of lately, the 49ers offensive line is considered a line, I think. They're playing at a very high level. You have Banks back. He's healthy. He made it through last week. No issues. Knock on wood. Uh, Trent Williams is doing his thing. Um, you know, you got Burford at the right guard. You got McGlinchey who struggles. And what we got to worry about today is McGlinchey don't have the mental lapses 
and the mistakes and the penalties versus this team. Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to oh, they're going to they're going to go. You're going to get Fowler. You're going to get um, uh, Parsons. You might even get uh, Jackson or uh, Lawrence, the, the Marcus Lawrence. They're going to come at him on that side, and he's got to be ready for it. Now, let's talk about what Kyle does. He does it versus Aaron Donald. Kyle has the ability to take away the aggression of the defense or the aggression of a player on their defense who is considered their best lineman. So with that being said, look for Kyle to use, to scheme the offense to go against Parsons and that edge, their aggression. It's going to happen. So um, I like what the Niners are doing on the offensive line. And, and the most questionable piece, right, mm-hmm. going this season was the center. It was, yeah. He's an alternate to the Pro Bowl. Jake Brendel, it shout was. out to him, keeping the unit and keeping the unit together, and playing at a pretty damn high level, in my opinion. I do. I like it, man. I'm I'm going to go with the Niners also, and this is not a knock to the Dallas Cowboys offensive line or anything like that, but I just feel like people really don't uh like get outside of the. What's the word I'm looking for? Like when you when you when you think offensive lines in, in the NFL, you think Dallas Cowboys. That's just what that's what people do. That's just what they do. And I don't think that's right. I think the 49ers have a really good offensive line. Uh, I think they've been playing really well down the stretch here. I think they have surprised a lot of people. Um, and hopefully we continue to do that. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hopefully we continue to do that. All right. Um let's do tight ends really quick. George Kittle, is he coming alive? Is he not? We don't really know how we feel about that. Uh, what What do you think? I think he, I, I think Kittle's back. I really do. I think Kittle's back, and I think it's funny how he emerged once again with, and this is a key word, with the change of the quarterback position. So, with that being said, um, I think Kittle's going to have a big game today. I really do. And I know what Dallas is saying. Dallas fans are saying Curse is going to shut him down. Listen, I think I think Kittle is going to have a damn good game today. Yeah, I think it's something with with Croft being shut down. I think they they plan on using Kittle and Dwelly a little bit more than what we normally would expect. And just one thing, I'm going to give the edge to the 49ers because of the the ability that comes from the tight end spot and the blocking as a part of their scheme and their run game and the pass protection. So that's a major shift in favor of the 49ers because Bob Schultz ain't that blocker. And to be honest with you, slightly off topic, I think this game comes down to the trenches. And if the 49ers could dominate the trenches, I think the 49ers could dominate this game. Yeah, I think so, man. I absolutely think so. Um, speaking of trenches, man, I was watching the Eagles run game last night. Right? I was super impressed with two, two, two facets of it. One – how consistent and easily they were running, and two, how trash the Giants tackling was. It was like my man was out there with one hand, then I find out later on he really was in the club. Like my man <laughs> had his fingers taped together. He, he batted a pass earlier, uh, later in the game, could have been intercepted, but it wasn't. But I was sitting here like, yo, they can't tackle for anything. I can't wait to play them next week, man. I can't wait to play them next week. But well, we're going to get – I'm not talking about that because I'll, I'll explain to you the reason why I think – well, you know, because I'll give you a brief run over. But 
there's reasons why the Giants look that way in that game and the reason why Philly looks so good in that game, but we'll talk about it. All right. Uh, really quick, let's run through these other positions really quick here. The secondary. Uh, let's compare Niner secondary to the Cowboys secondary. Who 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 you taking? Oh. oh, man. Listen, Diggs is a great corner. I don't know who their opposite corner is. I'm not too caught up on their depth chart as far as their safeties. Um, but I will tell you this. If Hufanga could return to the level that he played prior to the nomination to the Pro Bowl and start sticking to his, you know, principles, his rules and, 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 and concepts, rather than trying to peek in the backfield, I'm going to go with the Niners. But if he can't play discipline, they're going to have a problem today stopping this offense. Because I honestly think Dallas is going to attack the seams in the past game, and I think they're attacked in between the seams and the run game and try to go big boy on the 49ers' interior line. But we'll get to that once we get to the defensive tackles. All right. I'm going to go with the Niners' secondary also. I won't I won't uh, beat around the bush. I see we're running out of time. we got about seven minutes left before we have to switch over to the Patreon where the live game act is going to be. Make sure y'all get over there to Patreon. And I'm not telling my family to be quiet. Y'all going to get us all of our glory after this. So y'all make sure y'all over there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Let's talk about linebacking core. I don't even think this is one that we have to waste a lot of time on. Talk about Niners. Yeah, it's the Niners. I mean, and it's it's not even close. Um, now, defensive line. That this is what I want to get your opinion on, and I can't wait to see how honest you're going to be here. Defensive line. Who has a better defensive line, Tony? <sighs> Lie and say the Niners. Lie and say the Niners. Dallas has a damn good defensive line. Yes. I, I it's it listen, it's something that it's it's very tough for me to admit. I think I think the best defensive lineman in this game is Nick Bosa, but I'm gonna tell you as a unit, we're grading this off of units. I'm gonna have to give the slight nod to De- Dallas. I almost said Denver. And that that's what's gonna be hard for Niner fans to accept. I think we have the best defensive lineman between the two teams. But when you're talking about the entire unit, we got Eric Armstead and we have Nick Bosa. But their unit is something different, man. Those guys are just a little bit different. And unfortunately, that defensive line doesn't include getting help from Micah Parsons because he's a linebacker. So I'm not grading that based off of him being there as well. It's just a little bit different. So we'll see how this thing plays out, man. We got the Niners as the better team overall, obviously. Um, But the Cowboys... They're going to have to go out here and try to earn some respect today because right now they're not getting any. All right? They're not getting any respect from me. Uh, I don't think they're going to get any respect from you, Tony. We don't do score predictions unless you want to try it today, but uh, how do you see this thing playing out? Um, I'll go first. I'm going to give it to you now. I got a close first half. Uh, I think the Niners start a little slow, but I also think the Cowboys offense starts slow as well. Uh, I'm talking maybe 3-3 at the end of the first quarter, um, maybe 7-10 going into halftime. Um, and it doesn't matter which team has a lead at that point. After that, I think the Niners come out and they blow the doors off the hinges with the offense. I think they find their groove. The Niners make the best second half adjustments of any team in the NFL. Uh, and I don't think that changes today. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as you. Listen, uh, what I'm praying for is I really hope that they defer to the second half. They kick the ball off and put the defense on the field. That's what I'm trying to um, shoot for. Uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But look for the – don't be shocked if Dallas hits a quick strike. 
Just don't, because that's when the 49ers are at their best. They make their in-game adjustments. And then once that happens, it's it's Clamp City. Like they start knocking the they start bogging down the opposing offense. But I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna say this again. If they're not disciplined on the front line in their rush lanes, if they're not disciplined in the second level of the defense, we're consistently looking in the backfield. And in the secondary by looking in the backfield, this could be a lot harder than what the 49er fan base wants to know and 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 think than it that it could be. Because I'm just gonna be honest with you, they have to play discipline. If they play discipline, there's no reason why the 49ers should come out with here with a, bit, a W and a significant win, in my opinion. But again, again we said it numerous times. The team that can beat the Niners are the Niners themselves. Yeah. But don't forget, yeah. it's the 49ers versus the Cowboys and Vinovich today. So keep your eye out for that. Yeah. And Sean Shepard, thanks for the super chat. He says Dallas D line is smaller than ours. Uh, Yes, it is small. You're, you're, you are correct. But my thing is, I'm telling you right now, Dan Quinn's going to send the house at the Niners every freaking play. On the first possession, they're coming at him every play. They're going to pin their ears back and try to make a statement and try to get to Brock Purdy and rattle him. Now let's take it back to the Tampa game. Brock Purdy got cracked on his first play right in the head. Bounce back, lights out. The kid's tested. Let's see if it carries over today. I see someone says, Mike, I need those glasses. Yeah, these are uh, Sunglass Hut, I think, has them. You can get them on Amazon too, right, babe? With these on Amazon? Yeah. Make sure you guys, if you get the Versace glasses, they send you a code, and you have to go to the Versace website and type in. It's like a serial number for the glasses. They'll tell you if they're real or not. So if you don't get those in your glasses, return them and sue somebody. All right, so <laughs> don't, don't get suckered, all right? Uh, guys, that's going to do it for the pregame show. Let's go, man. I'm going to say Niners by 10. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. Niners by 12. Uh, but we'll discuss all that later on. We'll see you guys on the other side. Make sure you guys head on over to Patreon right now. We're going to get the things kicked off over there as soon as this is over. We'll see you all there. All right? Prepare for glory. Come on. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We're out of here. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. The bitters dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. Looking to find us Need them nothing but niners Nothing but niners Nothing but niners Nothing but niners Nothing but niners